the show notes really help guide me sometimes. Otherwise I'll get yeah. way off and forget what I was talking about. And yeah, oh, man, well, welcome to our world. Yeah. <laughs> That's constant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, for those of you who are new here, my name is Chris and I'm the host of the whiskey noobs podcast. And today we have some very special guests, the armchair whiskey podcast. So if you guys just want to run through, uh, one thing I've learned from doing interviews is uh, please say your name first. So if I address you, the audience knows who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, and then yeah. if you just want to talk about your podcast and maybe a quick plug with your social media and things, and then we'll get started. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I am Josiah. And I'm Tyler. Yeah. And, and uh, people will definitely forget that by yeah. the time we're done. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, yeah. So our podcast started this January uh, and it just started off of a whim. We just drank a lot of whiskey. I have recording stuff uh, as as uh, as a musician and, and kind of producer. And so it was just like, hey, we could easily do a podcast. And that would be really fun because we're pretty much just trying whiskey and talking about it once a week anyway, at least once a week. And uh, we were just at a phase where we were um, experimenting and trying a bunch of different things. And we just thought it'd be a great way to document our own journey through trying whiskey and what that was like. And while we're doing that, also provide a service to others like us who are maybe maybe about as far along in their whiskey journey as us or not as far so that we mm. could kind of just help help be a source of information for people who who are coming up behind us and uh and so yeah that's how it started we do an episode a week or and sometimes two and it's that's pretty much the genesis of the whole thing was just mm. why don't we do this it's just as easy as what we're already doing except we take a little bit of time to throw some mics mics into the equation and mm -hmm. we put some extra intentionality behind it that's it yeah yeah we uh and we've kind of morphed along the way we've we've started to do like interview do a little bit more with interviews whereas when we started our first like 10 episodes were all just like ourselves yeah which were fun, but then we were like, "Hey, we need to we need to maybe get bring some experts into into the equation," and and then that became a lot of fun. And now, that's the issue that we're running into is it's almost like we've got too much content. So every once in a while, we throw it at like a Wednesday episode or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We we're on uh, social medias. We've got all kinds of different ones. You know, all the usual Twitter, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Twitters, the Tweeters. Um, but mainly, we're on Instagram at Armchair Whiskey. Yeah, and uh, but and that is whiskey, the, not the way I spell it, right? That's right. right. Whiskey, the right way. The right way. <laughs> oh, Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, we won't. We won't start this battle. Um, low hanging fruit. <laughs> easy show. Yeah, we do it without the, without the e. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know if there was really that much of a reason for that, other than the fact that we we're Canadian. We're Canadian. Canadian. And then also we preferred scotch. So probably those two things factored into it. Yeah. Starting out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Going into it for me, people always just assumed I preferred bourbon, which I kind of ended up, I, I drink a lot of bourbon now, but mm -hmm. because I use the E and everybody just assumed that was because I preferred bourbon. Yeah. It was just because I was from the U S and we use the mm -hmm. E. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, you could prefer Irish cause they use the E there. Yeah, That's true. exactly. I know. I'm throw a wrench into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're super excited to be on, uh, on the show, uh, on your show and, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We, we're kind of 
bringing you a whiskey, which is fun. Yes. So, yeah, to put a little twist on it, as we mentioned, I drink a lot of bourbon. Uh, We're going to be reviewing very much not a bourbon today. And I have a very important question for you guys. Before I get any farther, their socials will be down below, by the way. But I have a very important question about this scotch that we're drinking today. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with my show. I'm horrendous at pronouncing scotch names, and oh. this is no small challenge, the name of this scotch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true, yeah. So how that's do I true. pronounce it? Yeah, this one's a Bunahaven. Uh Kind of that B is like a, a bit of a V sound if you want to get super technical, uh, depending on your your dialect if you're speaking Gaelic. But uh, Bunahaben, which you're fluent in, which Gaelic I'm fluent yeah. in, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bunahaben is the proper. It's yeah. a very acceptable American rendering of how to pronounce that. Bunahaben. Are are you actually fluent in Gaelic? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I once I once did like I did a great deal actually like considerably, uh, considering that you know it's such an obscure language. I did a pretty great a pretty good amount of learning on Duolingo with the app once. If you've ever used that, oh yeah, just because just because I was like, I was watching Outlander, just because you were pretentious <laughs> enough to. Try, I was watching right? Outlander, and I'm pretentious <laughs> enough to to want to have a little bit of like an understanding of how, why in the world consonants make like the most crazy crazy sounds in uh in in Scottish or Gaelic, because yeah. Bunahaben, just it, nothing makes sense. Like no, Glenfiddich is Glenfiddich Brookladdy is I-C-H, but it's pronounced E. Yeah. Brookladdy. But Glenfiddich is I-C-H and it's pronounced Ick. And so there's just no consistency. And I think a lot of that's down to dialect. But yeah. I, I've dabbled a lot in trying to understand how to pronounce things. Oh, okay. But there's no rhyme. I, from what I can tell, the Scottish are just real bastards. There's real no, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They're just trying to screw with you. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then to throw another wrench in the in the plan, uh, Chivas or Chivas Regal. The first time I yes. had on the show, the whole time I said Chivas because I yeah, thought, yeah. oh, C H, it's Ch. No, it, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just uh, you just gotta say it how you say it and with conviction. That's, that's the right. rule. Like however you say it, just just stick to your guns on yep. it. And then people. And then people will harass you until you correct yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did actually have somebody message like, yeah, it's it's Chivas. It's not Chivas. I was like, ah. Uh. But I'm, I'm, I own up to it. I come by it honestly. I cannot pronounce most scotches. Um, so we got Bunahaben, right? Yeah. Which I previously, reading the label, thought was Bunahaben because it's A-I-N. Yeah. Good yeah. enough. Yeah. Close. All right. Yeah. So I'm excited to give this a try here. Um, for those of you listening, if you haven't heard of Bunahaben before, this is just their 12-year scotch. Now, this is an Isla scotch, also a single malt. And if I'm not mistaken, well, I guess I shouldn't make any assumptions here. It's Isla. Is it peated? I haven't smelled or tasted yet. No. It is an unpeated, and that's kind of the claim to fame. Okay. So this is this is an unpeated Isla. Not the only unpeated Isla, but mm-hmm. if you paid attention to the branding closely, you would feel like it's the only unpeated Isla because that's kind of yeah. how they've they chiseled out a niche. Seem that way. Um, and it is an exceptional whiskey for, I think, for anyone, whether you like Islas or you don't like Islas. I think it rides this line of like, 
uh, being unsmoky. So if you're not into the smoky thing, it's still really good. But but if you love Isla's, you still get some of the Isla like maritime, maritime characteristics in there that are really, really, um, I guess they're really they're a defining part of Isla whiskeys. And and that's still here. You just don't have the smoke. And so it's in and in a lot of ways, that's what's so exciting about it is is you get to kind of taste what makes an Isla an Isla other than just smoke because i think a lot of times isla is just the smoky whiskey and that's not true at all we, we we would know if you dive into scotch enough you know that uh there's a lot of smoky whiskeys it's not all isla um and so but there is something that makes isla unique i think in bunahaven 12 you can discover a greater depth to what makes that kind of to that maritime influence beyond the smoky pd side of things so it's fun all right well i'm sold that sounds fantastic I'm excited to try it. I was wondering, because I noticed when I was looking through the flavor notes and things on their website, they mentioned a little bit, I think they mentioned smoky on the nose. We'll see here when we get into it. But they didn't on the palate. And I was like, maybe this is not peated. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. all right. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to give it a try. Let's go ahead and take a taste of it. And I'm going to yeah. give what I think I'm smelling. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So I'm I'm obviously not the scotch experts in the room here, but it almost is reminding me of like like a normal to me, not being super big into scotch, Highland and Speyside are pretty similar to me. Almost like mm-hmm. that, but with like a tanginess that I don't know how to describe yet. <laughs> That's yeah. not as soft as your Speyside or your your Highland is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost like salty. Yeah, 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 briny. If you've if you've dove into the Laphroaig or the or um or Ardbeg, I think this is a little more of the Laphroaig brininess. But when you remove that really smoky character, that billowing smoke, and that iodininess kind of out of there, this has a little bit of that medicinal for sure. I think I think that some of that tanginess is kind of on that medicinal side as well, but. If you were to take a Laphroaig, and, and, and briny is a, is a term that's often used with Laphroaig, like Laphroaig 10, this is like a good kind of reference point for where that brininess is if you were to not experience that the smoke with it and, and the heavy iodine. Yeah. Heavy Band-Aid Laf- note. Yeah, Laphroaig is like eating a medicine cabinet. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so you kind of I, – I do find it's a really good reference point for what's underneath – the smoke of Isla whiskeys, mm-hmm. even though it's its own, it's its own thing and it stands kind of on its own two legs, but yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think I might have to do in the future, an episode comparing with Laphroaig a bit, because I do have Laphroaig 10 and yeah. I've used yeah. it a few times on the show. Uh, yeah, I actually used it in my last episode that I used it in. Uh, it was to, uh, basically wreck our palate and test out palate cleansers. Oh. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so I use Laphroaig cause I thought, do well, it. it does. Yeah, it does. It does wreck your palate for sure. It's yeah. hard to go back to something really sweet when you drink some Laphroaig. Yeah. 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 I think I actually see what you mean. There's definitely the maltiness in there. I mean, it's a single malt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, briny is an awesome word for that tangy that I couldn't describe. It is yeah. almost just like it, it like there's it's salty almost. It Yeah. It gets your jaws yes, like that. Salt. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you find that uh, where you drink a lot of bourbon, do you find that you get that malty-ness um, like immediately whenever you go to scotch? Yes, very much. Um, scotch and then also Irish, uh, okay, they cool. have like a distinct 
when you come from bourbon, they have a distinct different type of sweetness because they both are kind of sweet based. That's why most people enjoy, you know, whiskey, but it's almost, I've always described it as like a paler sweetness with a, with Mm -hmm. a malt based drink. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's corn based, it's almost got this darker sweetness, more of like a caramel, less of like a vanilla and honey. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Irish specifically always gives me like a granola type, whereas this sometimes a single malt uh, will give me like a granola or like a, like fresh cut straw or fresh cut hay, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I get this one has. I see where you're I see where you lean with the like Highlander space side and that kind of sherried sherried raisiny thing but there's a sour edge or a sour side to this that kind of tips away from that dark um more like maraschino cherry which you'd get out of like a typical kind of space side like like aberlauer or uh glenallachy um or something like a sherry yeah that more sherry sherried uh rich sweet cherry this one has like almost like i would put it into glendronic actually has this same a similar thing this has i I associate it with uh if you've ever had the cherry sour candies um they're like the round ones and they're suit they're they like stain your tongue like sith lightsaber (laughs) red (laughs) once you've eaten a few you're like yeah you've ruined for the rest yeah (laughs) but it's got this like really nice tangy sour note and i find bunahaven does that quite well it delivers that that nice distinct uh, pleasant sour without being, you know, off-putting, and and I think to me, uh, I really enjoy that in whiskeys when they deliver this sour note without being off-putting. The sour can be kind of off-putting, um, and so Bunahaben does that really well, among other things. This is one of my favorite whiskeys. Yeah, I was just about to say down. the reason why Josiah is is talking up a storm is because this is definitely his favorite. And we haven't actually done. I don't think we've done an episode on. No, we haven't. Yeah, on our so. It's not my favorite, but it's like it's up there. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of respect for this whiskey. I can definitely see it. the The tanginess that you're talking about, like almost like a sour candy, it really fixes one of my complaints I have sometimes about like Speyside and Highland, and that's that they can be slightly more one dimensional than some of the bourbons I have. And maybe that's because I drink some pretty strong bourbons and stuff. But this gives it way more dimension. It really does. Mm Um, a lot more complexity to it. And you mentioned the sherry finish. I'm just checking my notes here. I think so we've got bourbon and sherry casks. And then mm-hmm. so they mix the two of those, which I don't have a ton of experience with the bourbon cask finish. Um, obviously, bourbons, you're finishing in white oak. So I, <laughs> yeah. I don't have quite as much with that. But yeah, bourbon, you're going to deliver in some of that more vanilla creme brulee side of your flavor. For sure, yeah. the sherry casks often are gonna gonna lend. They lend to a tan. It depends on how sherry they are, how heavily you, you use that, but they lend themselves to a fairly tannic thing sometimes too, which is kind of the the bat. Why they deliver such a good flavor, I think, is that they give you this balance with yeah. this really tannic thing that's coming off of coming off of the cask, as well as uh, these fruity notes and sometimes mm-hmm. floral notes that come out of it too. And they're really yeah. rich and dark, and so. Yeah, and I think that it all shows up really well in this, as well as you get, like, I think there's, like, a distinct fishy note in this, which would normally be bad, fishy. but I think it's a good thing. Like, it's, like, a, it's really seaside-y. Um, 
And and I think that I really enjoy how that shows up, especially on the nose. I think that's more where you notice it. Mm -hmm. It'd be maybe a little weird if you drank it and you were like, that tastes Ooh, like omega-3. Omega <laughs> yeah. I think I can see it with the brininess on the nose, which almost on the palate comes through as like the sour candy that you were mentioning. Yeah. 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 Um, I definitely would say as well, I would say I think I enjoy the nose more than other scotches, other single malts I've had, just because there's more going on. Mm -hmm. I think that's my bigger complaint than the palate, because usually with any whiskey, if you sit with the palate long enough, you can you can pull a whole lot from it. But sometimes yeah. with the nose, the alcohol makes that a challenge. And with mm -hmm. this, I mean, the flavors jump up to meet you out of the glass for sure. So I will mention briefly uh, their actual tasting notes that they say you should get from this on, on the Boonahaben website. So for the nose, it says fresh and aromatic, fruity floral with hints of dried fruit and subtle prevalence of smoke. I yeah. think the fruitiness comes through. I want your guys' opinion as well. My, my opinion yeah. would be that the fruitiness comes through in, in the sweetness of it. But I, I don't know if I would say smoke. And maybe that's because bourbons always have a real woody flavor and an actual Isla has <laughs> insane yeah, smoke. Yeah. Yeah, when you're comparing it, and we just came off of uh, just before this, we were drinking a bunch of Lefro or Legvulin, so it's not even anywhere compared to that. But they're, if I say char yeah. rather than smoke, yeah. do you detect something there? Does that I was word... just about to say, like it, it's almost like everything is a little charred instead of like smelling the smoke distinctly. It's like. Yeah, you smell some of that stuff with a little bit of a charredness. Yeah, I mean, I we've talked to multiple people, but I think it was our friend Davin, uh, who is the Canadian whiskey like expert, um, and he said um, about uh, basically he, he was just like, and lots of people say this, but he was like, you know, you just can't really trust what brands say their flavors are. <laughs> he was just like, you just can't. And so it, it, that's kind of affirming because I think as an enthusiast, you're trying whiskey and you're always, you're looking for a baseline on a whiskey, especially when you're kind of early days, you've, you're, you're maybe like, let's say like under, you've, you've tried less than 50 different whiskeys. Uh, you've got around the regions, like, you know, the Irish, the Canadian, the Scotch, the bourbon, maybe Japanese. You've got kind of those, those covered. You've tried a little bit of everything or pretty close to it. Um, when you're at that point, you're still using the baseline. And oftentimes you will use like what, the bottle says about itself and our friend Davin was essentially just like you really can't use that as a baseline a better baseline is going to be found off of like uh honestly your podcast or our podcast or a youtuber like ralphie um uh or many other youtubers like you're going to find a better baseline from mm -hmm. other enthusiasts um, or there's apps you can use, like with wine, I use an app called Vivino and it's all user reviews. And so yeah. that, I find that a lot more accurate than anything, whiskey base. but yeah, our whiskey base, yeah. if you're talking whiskey and which we are talking whiskey, I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> if you're talking, whiskey. wait, what is this podcast about? <laughs> this isn't about wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, wine noobs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I think that that's comforting in a way because I think you often will taste a whiskey and then be like, why don't I get? nutmeg yeah because you see 
not, you see it on the box and it's like you just have to go you have to have have to decide to have some confidence in what you taste and not pretending to taste something that you don't absolutely taste, even if it's on the label yeah i could not agree more and that's actually a really big part of why i do that the way i do it where i i always unless it's a rust review which happens sometimes i always do it myself first and then i talk mm-hmm. about the notes that they say because we've had some that are just so far off <laughs> that it's not even close. Yeah. And I've also noticed <clears throat> from doing that, from kind of trying to be as honest as I can and then reading their notes, some, at least with bourbon, you'll have them spruce up like a general white sugar sweetness by calling it like syrup or honey or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this just tastes sweet, especially the lower shelf ones. And yeah, uh, yeah. they'll definitely try to get enough truth in there that people tend to believe it and then they'll veer away a lot of the time yeah <clears throat> yeah and they'll try to make it sound really grandiose yeah like this is like frolicking through a field while licking a stick of honey or something you're like what the <laughs> frick? <laughs> a stick of honey? i don't know <laughs> yeah it's like those recipes online where instead of just giving you the recipe they're like i remember the first time i had this dish and it's like, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> Yeah, you're like scrolling through. You're like, come on, I just want to know like what you put in this. I don't need to know your backstory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So to continue with our, our comparison to their notes here, the palette, they say light with fruit notes, nutty flavors with a sweetness and hints of vanilla and caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of compare and contrast with that, with what I, I think I get. Um I think Nutty's a good one that I wouldn't have picked out, but I want to try it again and see if see what I think about that. But what are you guys thinking? I think that a lot of the time malt can translate. You can either translate it as cereal, like you know, some sort of grain or wheat, like whether it's bread, whether it's like actual like a bowl of cereal or whether it's something else. Or I think sometimes you can translate it as nutty because yep. like it, it just has that kind of dry mm-hmm. like dusty dusty yeah. yeah so i i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say it's not i think that any single malt you could say is nutty to some degree maybe yeah. not every but like a, i just think that if if any of them are malty you can also say they're nutty because it's it's hard i think some people have a hard time distinguishing like what malty means and what nutty means because they're pretty similar yeah yeah, I get it. I to me, nutty is not a defining thing that I come into this whisk, come no. out of this whiskey thinking, but it's something I can see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why I, it wasn't something I would have thought of. And then when I read it, I'm like, oh, that kind of that kind of makes sense. For me, I would say the vanilla and the caramel come across the strongest to me. More vanilla than caramel to me because I I get a lot of caramel in bourbon. Obviously, that's a very yeah. common note. Um, but. Definitely like a strong vanilla flavor to me. And then Yeah, and I find it I find it sits a little salty on your tongue. Yeah. Yep. I was just about to say that. And then strong brininess <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 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 I really appreciate that. Like I think when I started getting into whiskey, I really was dabbling predominantly in scotch and I gravitated towards the more challenging uh or just different side of things so i was really into lafroig and ardbeg those two really fascinated me and when i kind of balanced out from that uh bunahaban just was this perfect kind of middle ground mm-hmm. where you know after isla i went to Speyside and the highlands and you get these 
you get these less abrasive flavors out of the that re those those regions or that region and uh and then i got bored of that and then i found then i bought a bottle of buna Habin and i was like this is exactly kind of what i what i look for in a whiskey i look for something that's really interesting but it's got to it's really interesting but it's got to be balanced and it's got to be and it's got to have a sense of identity of its own and i think they did this really well they're down the downside to Bunhaven is just they don't have as strong of a, a brand recognition mm. as other isla whiskies the big three specifically maybe you could say four but the big three being lagopool and lafroy ardbeg oh well but like bowmore has to be in that but like whether or not, not you to respect not, them not so much to enthusiasts yeah i don't think unless you're a collector of high-end yeah. you know whiskeys but yeah okay yeah i think that's a great way of putting it and you bring up a point that i actually wanted to ask you both about is what got you guys into whiskey into where you are now with the podcast? I think you kind of mentioned you were already into it and you had the equipment. So you did the podcast, but what got you into it initially? Uh, you can go first. Cause you, you for, started for me. It was all like, it was lifestyle, man. I'm just a sucker. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, well I liked like, there were different musicians I liked and they happened to be from like the UK and Ireland and, uh, that just kind of sucked me in. Had, had, it's a bit of just like, uh, yeah, it's a byproduct of the, it's it's just a, sorry, not a byproduct, but it's part of the scene was mm. the whiskey because it was kind of associated with the music scene that I was just keep like uh, in touch with. And so to me, it was like, yeah, I want to understand why whiskey's good. And so I just started doing that. And I started with Irish actually at, in the initial phases, I was, uh, starting with I Irish and, and, and probably something that I don't usually talk about is I was just as, I was just as interested in how whiskey was made as I was actually drinking it and tasting it myself. That process to me seemed so like, it seemed like so enchanting, uh, and artistic and it was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that really drew me in the kind of the alchemy to whiskey, um, and that, ar that artistic, uh, process to how you craft something like that mm -hmm. in, the, in the same way that an artist might, you know, paint a painting or write a song or to do a sculpture or whatever. Whiskey seems to have to depend upon this high level of, of knowledge and at the same time, uh, you know, people taking these risks to explore new flavors. And so that really fascinated me too, right out of right at the onset. And those two things were kind of how I started drinking it. And so I went from Irish and then I went to these big Isla scotches and then it just opened, it just opened up from there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, I started after you had already kind of started exploring and I, I'm mainly like, it was, it was kind of, I was just like, I don't really like any drink very much. So I was like, I should find something that I like. And so I just started like explore, like I obviously knew, you know, anybody can enjoy cocktails just full of sugar and, you know, coolers and all that stuff. But I was like, I, I want to find something that I actually enjoy. I couldn't stand beer. The yeastiness of it was just like too much for me or the hoppiness. And so I just like tried to jump around trying to find something and, for whatever reason, I just tried a bunch of stuff and I was like, yeah, whiskey actually, like I could see myself enjoying that. And then I, the more I looked into it, the more that I understood about the history of it and, you know, kind of the, the, the stories around it, um, the richness of it, 
the community around it. Um, and I think that's what kind of drew me into scotch mainly is because obviously there's like that, that's the main thing that like, especially like the Scottish, like the scotch industry pushes on people is like the history and the richness of the history. And even though like bourbon has just as much history and you know what I mean? And Irish whiskey has just as much history, but for whatever reason, it seems like, like scotch, they, their big claim is like, no, we're the oldest and we're the best and we're the most rich in our history. But yeah, anyway, I was just drawn to that. And, and then just the ex exploration when you were starting to do that. And I was like, Oh, I kind of want to explore a little yeah. bit more. And we were living a, we were living apart at the time. Yeah. Like, you were in Ontario, Ontario and I was on the East coast and, uh, we, we are both, we've been friends since we were kids and it, we are both terrible at like, you know, catching up FaceTiming mm -hmm. and whatever. And then when we were both in a whiskey, it was like, we were FaceTiming like every week. It seemed like we were just doing it all the time and it really brought us together. You know, it was, a, yeah. it was an excuse to like, Hey, let's FaceTime because we would FaceTime like once every six months at best. And then yeah. it was all, then it was yeah. all the time because we're yeah. trying whiskey together. And so it really the was, yeah, that, that aspect to it, it, it is a massive part. I think yeah. of why we both have become so enthusiastic about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I love both of those answers because, uh, you brought up like all of the points that I bring up in, in my first episode and then in my one year anniversary episode, I talked about it again as to why we drink whiskey. And you, you brought up, all of the parts. I mean, everybody, especially if you get big into TikTok and things, everybody likes to comment that, you know, if you can drink something that's 120 proof, you're an alcoholic, stuff like that. And I've always said, you know, it's about, it's about the art form, first of all. I mean, it's like staring at a really, really intricate painting, but with your taste buds instead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about the community. And you mentioned how it brought you guys back together and how, you know, you like the culture and the community surrounding it and the history that you can learn about. Uh, so that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, that's, that's, I had a pretty similar journey in terms of why it, it drew me in. Um, for me, I actually got started because my dad was into whiskey and then it kind of naturally, but the things that drew me in very similar. So that's really cool to hear. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm rounding out this glass of Bunahaben, which I can now pronounce, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm going to give, this is a little backwards for me. I almost always have my guests give their final thoughts first because they're usually yeah. newer than I am. But since I'm doing a scotch, I'm going to give my final thoughts first. That way yeah. you can tell me what you think about my first experience with Boona Hoppin. Yeah, so, sounds good. Yeah, so my final thoughts, um, I would say, I was trying to think on that, that sour candy metaphor that you gave. And I think if, most scotches that I've had. Now, mind that the only Isla scotch I've had, aside from Bunahaben, up to this point is Laphroaig right here. We're having Ardbeg soon, actually. Um, but I think if most of the scotches that I have had are like a gummy bear or like a, a, a fruit snack, Bunahaben mm -hmm. is like a Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> And I always really like Sour Patch Kids. And I like that there is that dichotomy of the sour and the sweet. You're getting both. Um, it adds a complexity to it that I think, and this is why I could see myself getting into peated stuff pretty deeply. Um, I think it keeps me more interested. 
Mm-hmm. I, not the, that I don't like Highland and Speyside. I drink a lot of Highland and Speyside compared to, obviously, Isla. Uh, but it keeps me interested because the same thing that you do with a high-rye bourbon where you take the sweetness of the corn and you add the rye spice to make it more exciting is kind of what they're doing here where you've got mm-hmm. the sweetness, the caramel, the the maltiness, the graininess of a single malt. And then you've got this like briny sour tang that gets your jaws that makes it a little bit more exciting. That Mm -hmm. is something that I can say I'm very impressed with. I'm actually pretty well impressed with this bottle. So I appreciate you guys for uh, telling me to to try this one for the show. Uh, But yeah, yeah, but those are my final thoughts on it. But I will give you guys the floor and let you say your thoughts on it, especially since you have so much more experience in scotch, uh, your thoughts on it in comparison to peated Isla, if there are any other unpeated Isla that you guys have had and can compare to, and then uh, just your other regions in general. Yeah, I'll let you do it, because if I do it, I'll talk way longer. <laughs> if you do it, I'll just add to you'll what add, you say. You'll add to what yeah, I'm yeah. Well, um, I do think, I think it's Bunahaban is one of the best scotches that's like fairly affordable the 12 mm-hmm. like i don't know what you would have paid for it in ohio but it's like under 100 here which is like quite good yeah okay and i believe I it is 62 dollars yeah. in ohio and we do have state yeah. pricing so the state determines that but yeah 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 so it's it's quite an affordable um like what would whiskey. be what would be along the lines of that here just as a reference point, that hundred dollar range, like Port Charlotte is Port Charlotte is more that, than that. Yeah. Which is a it's scotch. Like uh, what's a bourbon that would fall in that? That's a hundred. Yeah. Um, uh, Heaven's door. Heaven's door is 70, 80, 70 or $80. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know the bourbons. Yeah. We just don't, don't get enough bourbon then, no, I guess. Though, wow. Bourbon's pretty reasonable here. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. So maybe it's hard to compare, but Green Spot would be a whiskey that would be like an Irish whiskey that'd be yeah. on par. Yeah. Canadian whiskeys, you're getting into the yeah. crazy, awesome whiskeys that yeah. are wow. in the hundred dollars yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. For Scotch, like under a like under a hundred is pretty good. Like Lagavulin really well. sixteen is like one fifty seven or something. Almost one sixty. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. Yeah. So I think I think for a, or I guess you have the Lafroy ten. The Lafroy ten would be 90. about it would be about the same price. It's about ninety. So yeah. it's Similar to Buna. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we both would agree that this is probably one of the best scotches you can get for a pretty good price. Yeah, yeah it's it's really good. It's really well balanced. Um, it's It's got a complexity um, that brings you back to it over and over and over. You're, I, I, don't, I don't find that we've ever felt like we're just kind of over it or bored of it. No, I always want to dip into this whiskey. Yeah. Whereas I find that there there are a lot of space sides and high and and highlands that like you almost feel like you're just drinking the same thing over and over, even though you're maybe trying different ones. You're kind of like, oh, that's pretty similar, and that's pretty like there are some really good ones. But I do find that with this Bunahaba, it just seems like it's got all of these components to it um, that really make it a unique and really well made whiskey yeah well distilled i think what i what what really excites me about this is that i i think that a lot of enthusiasts are in the scotch world they at at some point usually fairly early on in their journey get hooked into isla and then and then usually get kind of 
over that. Um, but I, Isla's just so, Isla has such a reputation. But you have to take most great Isla whiskeys as an Isla whiskey. But Buna Haben is like, I would put that up against anything and just be like, this is Scotch whiskey. Like, if you want a really great uh, glass of Scotch, this is a great glass of Scotch. It represents Isla, but it also represents kind of some of that Highland characteristic. And it just, it overall, I think, is a really good example of Scotch with in with a lot of uh, character to it. So it's very interesting. I wouldn't, I'm not saying that it's a, it's a kind of stereotypical Scotch at all. I'm just saying that I think that it kind of, it doesn't have to be an Isla Scotch, you know, like it tastes like, it tastes like Scotch with a lot of interesting character, but you wouldn't necessarily be like, this is definitely Isla. And, and because of that, I think you say this is definitely Scotch and it's definitely its own thing. Mm -hmm. And that uniqueness uh, sets it apart. And I, you know, it could kind of be from any region and it would be an outlier because it's an, it's an outlier, um, no matter where you put it, but it is also Scotch. So it rides those two lines of being, of being clearly single malt Scotch, but clearly something that's not like any other thing uh, within Scotch. And I think that that's a masterful execution of, mm -hmm. of, uh, yeah, of the brand and of the distillers and yeah, of the company. Yeah. I think they've just done something really incredible by it. So. Yeah, <clears throat> I would absolutely agree with that. I would venture to say that I think if I come back to it, I'm going to see it differently next time, which is always something mm -hmm. I like about a whiskey when you can come back and it's not the exact same whiskey you just drank. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I could definitely see that being the case. Um, and yeah, I think you guys summed it up great. And I appreciate you recommending this one for this episode. Uh, hopefully this is something a little different for my followers as well. We've done scotch, but this is... Unlike, as you mentioned, unlike anything we've had on the show so far. Um, so yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely got a creative flair to it that I very much enjoyed. Yeah. Um, awesome. Glad yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's always great when you're ple pleasantly surprised by a whiskey. There's no better feeling than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah for totally. Sure. Yeah, so I, I appreciate you guys recommending that, and um, I appreciate you guys coming on the show, taking the time to be on the show. If, for those of you guys listening, I mean, you've heard them talking about whiskey. Uh, you know what you're getting yourself into. you got to go over there and check out their podcast and uh, give, them, give them some ratings and reviews. Go check out their socials, which will be down below. You guys have anything else you'd like to say to round out your, your plug for your podcast? Yeah, well, it, we're going to do the inverse of this. Uh, on our episode with you. And so uh, you, we hope to be pleasantly surprised by a bourbon. Uh, That's right. <laughs> and so if you are listening to this and you want to find out if we were pleasantly surprised by Eagle Rare, then, uh, then come on over and check it out. All right. That's right. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. great. So go over there and check out that episode for those of you guys listening right now. But that's all that I got for the episode of the day. Tyler, Josiah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. This has been a blast. Uh, that's all I got for this episode today, though, guys. So as always, I'll leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol